The Tablet Show, episode 101, with guest Mary Jo Foley. Recorded live Friday, September 6th, 2013. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Mary Jo Foley about changes in the tablet and mobile space. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at telerik.com. And by Windows Azure, who wants you as an MSDN subscriber to activate your free Windows Azure credits and start building your own dev test environment in the cloud. Activate before September 30th for a chance to win a 2013 Aston Martin V8 Vantage sports car. Go to .netrocks.com slash Azure to enter and win. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very much and welcome back. It's the Tablet Show. You know that other show Richard and I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny. We we talk about more current things, but we have a fraction of the audience that .NET Rocks has. Why is that? Well, I think it's just taking time for everybody to find the tablet show, too. I think we got to cross-promote better. I guess so. Help us get the word out, folks. So what's up with you, man? The new Mountain Sobek catalog for 2014 just arrived, which is where I find those crazy trips like to Kilimanjaro and Nepal and stuff like that. So, mm. And it's interesting to see the younger daughter, who admittedly is now in college, mm. looking through it going, hmm, where do I want to go? <laughs> so, yeah, contemplating new weird trips. I think something in the Atacama Desert of Chile or Argentina is in order now. Have a good time with that. <laughs> we are going back to Nepal in the spring of uh, 2014. So yeah. one last trip to Annapurna, I think. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think so. We don't really have anything all that new, except, you know, the album sales are going well. Sales have been a while. And uh, lots of good reviews on iTunes and Amazon.com. If you don't know, this is my solo album that I've been working on for the last four years. John Schofield plays on it. And you can check it out at carlfranklin.com. Let's get started with Better Know Framework. Awesome. What do you got, buddy? And that song is not on the album. That's too bad. Sorry. Wouldn't you like to hear the rest of that song? I'd really like to hear the rest of that song. No, no, they would not. (laughs) All right. So I actually have a Windows Phone app. Do you? Today. And it's quite a popular app, but it's something you might have to hunt for, like all apps. Right. It's called Stop the Music. Stop the music. Ever wanted to remove the active song from the volume bar quickly and easily? You know how that happens? Like the song gets stuck and then you turn the phone off or then your Bluetooth goes off and then it starts playing again? Right. Yeah. Or you just can't find the app that's playing it? So, full featured, no trial, no limitations, just ads. Huh. So it'll clear Xbox Music, Nokia Music, WhatsApp, Pandora, and any other music applications that use the volume bar. It's just a big stop button. Okay. And where do I find this lovely app? In the app store. Stop the music. Just search for stop the music. There yeah. you go. Okay. 99 cents. 99 cents. Yep. It's a big button that shuts it up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's very, very helpful to me personally. Uh, I'm going to install it right now, but it has 3,199 reviews and the average review is five stars. Wow. Cool. So got to be helpful anyway richard that's it know it learn it love it who's talking us i like it a lot hey i this is a bit of an old comment but i grabbed it off of show 45 which is the one we did just you and i talking about the phone 8 sdk right remember back when that leaked which was almost a year ago now well it's all out today but back then Mm -hmm. and this comment is from uh, wheelerk who says uh, hey this is a great show after hearing your podcast i looked into what microsoft said about compiling windows phone 7 apps into machine code i thought that in the keynote they mentioned that it would be done on the fly when apps were being downloaded Mm. but now i'm seeing the articles about it being done in the cloud yeah yes it is indeed and still going on because people keep pushing up win phone 7 apps it's not going away nope uh, so keep up the good work, and I've also started to listen to .NET Rock. So just, you know, in relation to your comment at the top of the show, here's a guy who came to the tablet show first, but has also switched over to .NET Rock. Interesting. Cool stuff. Yeah. 
So thank you very much, sir. I appreciate your comment. A coveted tablet show mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a tablet show mug, just write a comment on the website at thetabletshow.com. And without any further ado, and really a woman who needs no introduction except to say it's Mary Jo. Mary Jo Foley, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me back with you guys. Well, the last time we talked, we were on your show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, our worlds collided. All that about w- bourbon.com. <laughs> 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 Who knew that if we talked about alcohol at all, Leo would jump all over that and that would become the show? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. It like took over Windows Weekly. It was like it was like bourbon weekly. <laughs> well, and beer too, right? Don't you review yeah. a beer on every show? I do. So, yeah. But that made it really fun. And Leo was all engaged. He's like, those bourbon guys, like, they were excellent. We should have them back. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Dotnet Rocks guys, the bourbon right. guys. I love exactly. it. Yeah. I love it. That's how the we're known, Richard. That's where the brothers bourbon. <laughs> yep. Well, Mary Jo, we, we have you here because there's, you know, some news recently <laughs> about Microsoft. Just a little. A little yeah, bit. Not much. Nokia, Microsoft. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, wow, there's a, a couple of different ways to take this. What do you just <laughs> tell us? First of all, what's if you haven't heard? What's the news? Uh, the news is we now have micro Kia. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that Kia, the, the Korean car company, is now making small cars? Smaller cars yeah, even? Even smaller cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was kind of a shock to everybody. So um, Microsoft ended up spending $7.2 billion to buy the handset business from Nokia and mm. also licensed um thousands upon thousands of their patents and uh so it's now we're gonna see nokia the handset company become part of microsoft uh, under the devices and studios division that they announced in the reorg wow Uh, yeah it was a big wow and they announced it um in the middle of the night uh on the last evening of the labor day weekend here so i was asleep when this happened Why do you think they announced, did they literally announce at the moment they made the deal? Is that why they announced it? Or was it some kind of political trickery? I think they announced it on Finland time. <laughs> right. As soon as they signed the deal. So it was a big one. And uh, a friend of mine called me at 2 a.m., woke me up um, and said, you should check the interwebs because something big just happened. And I <laughs> <laughs> went on and looked at it. I was like, what? <laughs> mm. I mean, really? This acquisition has to have been in the process for a year or more? Yeah, they said, uh, I believe, five months. Five months of serious talks or so. Yep. Back and forth, Balmer flying over to Finland, meeting the secret meetings in New York. They were doing lots of, like, back and forth, back and forth. They met in Barcelona, I think, during Mobile World Congress. So right. there's a lot of intrigue, too. Yeah. Well, and Nokia is not just a phone company. I mean, it's what we all know about, but they do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So they didn't buy all of Nokia. They they didn't buy the um, part of it that's called Siemens Networks. They didn't buy that part. They didn't get to buy the here stuff, which is all the mapping and geospatial stuff. They, didn't, they Microsoft wasn't allowed to buy that. They're just allowed to license that. Hmm. Um, yeah, so Nokia is going to stay in business as a separate company, but all the parts that people mostly know about, like the Lumia phones, the Asha phones, the feature phones. All the Microsoft stuff. All go to Microsoft, yeah. So, so in other words, all the resources that they invested in Microsoft are now owned by Microsoft. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, things that haven't been announced yet, um, including a uh, Lumia, probably a Lumia branded tablet uh, that's going to be ARM based, codenamed Sirius, and a uh, Lumia phablet too, a six inch phone, a Windows phone. We've all been abuzz with this and, you know, everybody said, you know, good for Microsoft and all, Reddit, all, all of these things. And the there's a totally different take on it. And I don't know what you think about this, but if you go to tinyurl.com slash msnokia take two, um, the article is uh, from the Business Insider, Why Microsoft Really Bought Nokia by Nicholas Carlson and... Mm-hmm. He said, two analysts, Ben Thompson of Stratachery and Benedict Evans, assumed that Microsoft had to buy Nokia because Nokia was going to stop making Windows phones very soon. 
Thompson writes, I have argued that Stephen Elop made a massive strategic error by choosing Windows Phone over Android. Coming from Microsoft, he failed to appreciate that Nokia's differentiation lay not in software, but in everything else in the value chain. It would have been to Nokia's benefit to have everyone running Android, including themselves. Everyone would have the same OS, the same apps, may the best industrial design, distribution, and supply chain win. Elop threw it all away. Now, these are his words, right? Today, no one cares about Nokia's industrial design, distribution, or supply chain because their devices lack an app ecosystem, the price of entry into smartphones. Perhaps even now, Nokia was considering going to Android or maybe even going out of business. And thus, I believe we've arrived at the rationale for this deal. (laughs) Interesting, huh? Very. I don't buy it. Well, it's a different take, that's for sure. It is. And, you know, I I buy into part of that because... The original deal that Microsoft and Nokia signed was up for um, renewal or non-renewal next year. Right. And supposedly there were hints that Nokia was thinking about, should we stay with Windows Phone or go with Android? If you're Microsoft and Nokia is selling 80% of all Windows Phones sold, you cannot let them go Android. Right. No, without a doubt. The real question is, would Nokia have done any better with Android? I know. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not so sure they would have. Yeah, I mean, part of, I've also been laughing at folks who was saying, well, you know, Nokia made a terrible choice when they went to Windows Phone. Look at how much their prices, you know, the stock's gone down, the value's gone, and then how much money they're losing. It's like, they were losing it anyway. They were on their way to being RIM. If they had stuck with Symbian, do you think things would be better? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, the one thing that, I don't know, you know, their sales were down, but at least they made a product that stood out. I mean, the the Nokia, the Lumia line is just amazing stuff. Yeah, it It didn't sell for whatever reason, probably too expensive, but but it's amazing stuff. Yeah, they make some beautiful phones. I got to um, try the 1020, which is that one with the 41 megapixel camera. Yep, getting mine today. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're, are you? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty darn amazing, <laughs> especially for somebody like me who doesn't really take many pictures. The The cool thing is you can just take a picture with that. You don't have to like worry about, am I framing this correctly? Right. Does it look great? And then you can zoom in to really down to a tiny level of detail right. uh, w- with, with whatever picture you took. Right. And does that, you guys, either of you might know this, does that 41 megapixel also apply to the video or is that different it uses the same sensor but it's doing more of that dynamic interpolation one of the things the things they talked about is that you can zoom in digitally six times because there's no lens to do zooming with and you're still recording 720p video well video or or video video so yeah. it must be a 41 megapixel video well i i the question is are they actually keeping the 41 megapixel part are they doing the same thing they do with the photo which is they're generating that lower resolution image on the fly lower resolution being you know in a camera five megs which is not that low because 41 megapixels of video without compression or without serious compression is going to be really bad a lot of a lot of space yeah take up a lot of room but yeah, and again people are saying that this whole concept uh, did select was selecting windows phone a mistake you know it, the thing i'll point back to and and this is something Microsoft says a lot too, but I actually buy into this. The only one really making money on Android phones is Samsung, right? I mean, mm. if you look at who is actually cashing in on this. Right. Um, would Nokia have also cashed in and split the difference with yeah. Samsung? I don't know. Uh, probably not. Well, and more important, I mean, Nokia already had a, and still has, I think, to the most part, a pretty lousy relationship with the North American carriers. Yeah, so they do. <laughs> I don't know that they would have been able to establish anything with them with an Android phone. I know. The one they have a pretty decent relationship with here is AT&T, and a lot of their phones debut there. But yeah, right. Verizon, Sprint, not so much. No. But at and in, and in the same time, I think the US-centricness of a lot of this reporting and discussion unfairly colors Nokia's failures because they're doing better in other markets. Right. Think of this. Now, Apple's losing share as well, right? People aren't buying iPhones as much, right? Because they're buying Android phones. And the reason is they're cheap and they do the job. And so the high-end phones, which I put the Lumia phones up there, and I put them up, I put a, I put my Lumia 920 above an iPhone. It's awesome. And the, the 1020 is certainly way above it. You know, that it's it's a high-end phone. It's got a high-end price tag. And so the problem may not be Nokia 
or Microsoft. The problem may be just the disruptive nature of Android on the market. Mm-hmm. And and to Mary Jo's point, Samsung, the only one making money on it, how long can that sustain? Yeah, right. Well, I think there's somebody else making money on it, and it's the carriers. Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, I think the real reason for Android's proliferation is the carriers want to sell that phone. Right. They don't want to sell any other phone. Yeah. They control that phone. They do what they want with that phone. Heck, I keep finding Android phones that have the, the Google Store uninstalled. Mm. <laughs> right? Oh, wow. Like the carriers are making uh, the Android phone into the image they want <laughs> and not taking care of their customer at all. This is not about serving the customers, but the carriers getting the things they want. Yeah. Uh, I agree, though, with Carl, too. And I think we are very U.S. centric when we look at this, right? And and if you do look, I, I forget what the exact statistic is now, but there are at least 10 markets where Windows Phone is actually leading in market share. Um, and they're not all small companies. They're, they have substantial market share in places like India. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other countries. Israel, uh, Russia, I believe. So it's, it, you know, we see in the U.S. we're the 4%. Uh, but outside of the U.S., Windows Phone users are a much bigger percent. Right. Mm. Oh, here's the here's an article from Windows Phone Central from March of this year that says Windows Phone is outselling Apple in Argentina, India, Poland, Russia, South Africa, Ukraine, and Croatia, and the the former Yugoslavia bloc. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and and it's, but and to their point, it's still in this case was less than a hundred thousand phones per country, but that's still you know that's because this is smaller marketplace. And I wonder if the real phone that's going to make a difference is the 520. Right. Definitely. It's, it's those phones. You know, we, we all kind of go, Oh, it's not the flagship phone, but those are the phones that are selling. And in these developing markets, which is also where Nokia knows what they're doing. And is that because it's a, a lower price? Uh, yeah, it's lower price. Um, it's a, it's also just like a, a feature set that's more suited to the different markets and all too, you know, so, right. uh, and you know different deals with the carriers in some of those countries. So there, that's the phone that I think is the leading phone that Nokia is selling right now. The five twenty, and although they haven't been selling it for very long, seems to have shot ahead of everything else. Mm. So what if Microsoft, you know, turn this whole conversation around? What if Microsoft bought Nokia at the perfect time, at the darkest moment where they'd be making the least amount of money? There was lots of uncertainty. Mm. And it's all going to get very certain in the next few quarters as this low-end phone storms. Yeah. You know, the other thing to remember is we're just getting started with mobile devices as, as a species, right? This is the right. beginning, the very beginning. And 10, 20, 30 years from now, will anybody have heard of, of these companies? Some will be around, some will not. There may be new companies that are doing this stuff. Well, let's talk about five years. 20 is a long time. No, but what I'm saying is we're just getting started. And and you, you got to think a company like Microsoft with their kind of money, you know, can, a, can afford to lose it for a long time. And it, it's kind of cynical to say it like that. But, you know, how long can we afford to lose money before the market comes back? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I know. How long do they actually have to make this right. work? Right. That's a great question. I don't know the answer. <laughs> well, and I also debate how much money are they necessarily losing at this point? Because the phone is selling, maybe not in massive numbers. They're not dominating a market. Well, they've lost at least $7.2 billion. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, you know, that's a shareholder value game. Yeah, sure. Right? So they traded that cash for an asset in theory worth $7 billion. It was a free deal. Yeah, I see. Right. So the bigger thing to me now is you've spent the money to build a basic ecosystem and have it up and running. They're clearly buying apps to fill out the app store successfully, which mm. has cost them some money, but they are selling some phones. Right. I, I, this isn't Bing. This isn't losing a billion dollars a year. <laughs> this is not the red ring of death. Right. Right. <laughs> on the Xbox. This is third place in a market, you know, which represents four or five percentage points. Like that's a sustainable business. Yeah. The question is, what do you spend to make it bigger? Yeah. You know, they brought up an interesting thing on the um, conference call that they had about why did they do this deal? Because, of course, all the Wall Street analysts were really hammering them and the press and like, why are you guys doing this? Weren't you already getting all the benefits of owning Nokia without without owning them? Like, what what's your rationale? And you, it was really interesting what they said. They said, 
We are seeing an, a world where Google and Apple are increasingly running these closed silos, like these ecosystems unto themselves, where they own the end-to-end experience. And we feel like they're going to shut us out of these silos that they're building. And so we need to build our own. Right. So this may be part of the whole, you know, what we talked about on your show, Mary Jo, which is they're becoming the devices and services company, yes. Microsoft. This is part yep. of the devices part of it. Correct. This will be the devices part of it. This, I mean, if this all gets, you know, approval from the authorities, et cetera, by early 2014, probably, there will be a devices and studios division and Stephen Elop will be running that division unless he ends up being picked as the Microsoft CEO to replace Steve Ballmer. Now you're just talking now, crazy talk. Yeah, now we're kidding. Totally. Uh, okay. And I don't want to do the CEO conversation yet because I, <laughs> I don't think I don't, I don't want to get away from Nokia just yet. But then yeah, you okay. made me think, given that core statement is true, that you know, you're trying to change your company, you need to be a devices company. So you're gonna buy somebody who understands mobile, who's got great engineering. You know, who would you buy if you could buy anybody? Like, who would you buy? Right. Well, I would buy the one with the best devices. Well, yeah, and some really interesting engineering style. Like I have no complaints about Samsung, but their phones aren't innovative. Right. Uh LG kind of an also ran. Even poor old HTC, who I used to use their phones a lot on, has not kept up with the innovation in Nokia. One would argue they actually bought the best company. Yeah. I'm sad, though. I think HTC, because of this, is going to totally get out of the Windows phone market, although they haven't said that yet. Almost certainly. But the question is, will they stay in phones at all? I know. But I I have an HTC 8X. That's my Windows phone right now. And I got to say, I still really love that phone. Hmm. And you're not alone. I know lots of folks that uh, love the 8X. And I saw one piece of news went by that said they canceled the GDR2 deployment. Yeah, that was wrong, though. It wasn't accurate? No, not accurate. I think what happened is the GDR2 deployment, you know, which is the new update to the Windows Phone 8 operating system, it's been a very rocky deployment. Yeah. Uh, it's been bricking, it was bricking some phones and they, and then they were le- allowing it and then they were stopping it. I just got it on my 8X uh, a couple weeks ago and it seems to be mostly okay. You know, we said this on show 100 last week that it felt like Nokia cared more about Windows Phone than Microsoft did. Because Nokia has been doing, you know, over here, I know you're an HTC Wind Phone user, but let me tell you about what's fun about being on the Nokia side. Nokia keeps pushing software onto their phone to improve the phone mm. that isn't an app. Yeah. They're circumventing the carrier by just putting on, it's Nokia accessories, right. Nokia mm-hmm. extras, yep. and you install it, nothing appears, it's just making the phone better. Yeah. Yep. That pro camera app they have is awesome. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's really cool. That's worth, was it $5? Go get it. It yeah. turns your camera phone into an SLR. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it works me? on a bunch of the Lumias, not all of them. I, it, like, yeah. it works, I think, on the 920, the 925, the 8. Um, it's this app that lets you control at a very granular level all the settings you can control on a camera, like the ISO, the aperture, uh, all those settings on your phone. What's it called? Nokia Pro- Camera Pro or Pro Camera? Yeah, it's Pro Camera. Pro Camera. And it's for the 920, 925, 928, and I think it comes with the 1020. It does. It comes with the 1020. Yeah, and it, it literally, like you want to do that shallow depth of field photograph trick and stuff, the stuff you normally do with an SLR? Yeah, it'll do that. Huh. It is awesome. It is. This portion of the Tablet Show is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems, all of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash free stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash free stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting the tablet show.
this whole tablet phablet side of things get really interesting because I mean I I'm, I don't care about the 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 surface write down. I love that news piece that came out that said. You know, uh, Microsoft sold 900 million worth of surfaces and also took a 900 million write down <laughs> on it. Yeah. And it didn't move the stock price down. I think most people looked at it and went, holy crap, they sold 900 million worth of That's amazing. <laughs> that's more than I thought anybody thought. Like, that's, th- I, I admit you about, you did a write down. Okay. So that, which really just says, okay, we know we're not going to get the value for these things because clearly they're working on the next generation of them and they're going to lose value. But the reality is they didn't sell none. Right. They sold almost a billion worth of those things. If they'd ha- made as half as many as they had made, so they just, you know, overestimated, they would have sold billion dollars worth of those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the part a lot of people don't realize about that write down um, was that that doesn't mean a write off, right? No. It means they're going to use the same cases like the Vapor Mag cases that they built for the Surface RT and the yep. Surface Pro, the same keyboards. They're going to use those for the Surface 2 and the Surface 2 Pro that are coming out. Right. So they're just, but they are, it's an accounting adjustment. We're admitting that the money we spent on this stuff, we're not going to get immediate value for. We're going to turn right. it into something else. Right. And it, and people don't necessarily understand that. But again, they, and the market understood it because you watched the market, didn't react to it at all. It was the press that jumped on it. Yeah. Um, everybody wanted Surface to be a failure. I feel like. Yes, they really did. I, and I didn't. And but pretty I, I, frustrated as not. So I got yeah. myself a Surface Pro. My daughter took it. She did, yeah. I'm not getting it back. <laughs> I have a Surface RT. Uh, I'm one of the few people, I think, in the, in the general public who has one. I never see them in the wild. But uh, yeah. I, I really like mine. And in fact, when I brought mine home at Thanksgiving, my niece, who's 21, saw it. And she actually saved her money and bought one. And she uses it nice. at the University of Rhode Island. Well, Microsoft has never done the right ad no. for Surface RT. No. No. The ad is simple iPad with Office. Right. Any questions? That's it. Yeah. They're starting to do those ads now, which is great, but they should yeah. have done those from the beginning. Yeah, they should have. <laughs> but it makes me wonder, I mean, again, I'm not thrilled with the Surface hardware. I think it's the minimum bar everybody's supposed to go over that. I just think that Nokia could build a better tablet. Well, my Asus Vivo tab's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, you still like it? I do. I Well, this is a new one. This is um, it's about a $400 tablet, and uh, it's a slate. It's about the size of an iPad. But it runs Atom, so wow. it has the full Windows 8 on it. Mm-hmm. And um, I installed Visual Studio on it. It's great. It's very good. Yeah, it's got nice. all the all the stuff, all the stuff you want. Does not have a stylus though. Uh, but, yeah, you know. Can you get one and use it with it or not? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the stylus is a really interesting thing because you know Microsoft already did pen computing. Why would they bring it back? Because it's awesome. <laughs> Any thoughts, Mary Jo? What do you see? I guess you're not having got one if you've got an RT. It's only no, on the Pro. But I, I talk to a lot of users who absolutely insist on a stylus. And some of them use it, you know, with Excel. And some of them use it with drawing programs or, you know, even in an artistic way. And they really yeah. want to have it. Um, so the people who are stylus fans, one note, especially OneNote fans who use it for ha- uh, handwriting and a lot of other annotations, um, they really want the stylus, and they they need it, and they insist on it. I think the problem with uh, the reason that the the pen tablet didn't take off the first time in the two thousand two thousand one time frame wasn't because of the stylus or the pen. It was because the the device was too big and too heavy. So you have like a you know a Surface Pro size thing that you can hold in your hand and use as a tablet uh, with a pen. Now now it works. I think form factor is important on that. Hey, a question from the Twitters from Jeff Fritz, who said, uh, do you think the combination of Microsoft and Nokia together will give them enough leverage to get rid of exclusivity arrangements with carriers? I wish. (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting thought, right? It is. It is. Because um, right now, it's inevitably AT&T in the US who they do the uh, deal with. Nokia always does the deal first with them. And and it, it I've heard them justify this and say, you know, the way that carrier relationships work for us in the U.S. is we have to have something exclusive on each of the networks. Uh, but they always have AT&T first, like the 1020 right. went to AT&T first. And uh, Verizon, we don't know. Maybe we'll get that in like six months, eight months, you know. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how much of it is Nokia not not being a big presence in the U.S. and so not having leverage or if Microsoft will give them any more leverage or if there's some way they can pay 
to have more leverage with Microsoft bankrolling that? I don't know how that would work. Yeah, I mean, that was the only problem with the Nokia-Microsoft combination in the very beginning. It's like both of them have lousy relationships with North American carriers. Yeah. So, you know, this didn't solve anything in that respect. Uh, it was still their no. weakness. But I don't know that there are any healthy relationships with, with the North American carriers. You know, Apple hasn't got a good relationship with them, actually. They, really? Huh. They blackmade AT&T into that model that really tore AT&T apart. Mm. You know, now AT&T is a cautionary tale to all the other carriers. If you allow a phone manufacturer to control your, your network, it'll shred your network. Yeah, it certainly got AT&T to upgrade its network. <laughs> a whole bunch. But it's still a yeah. laughing stock network. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's it's very frustrating. And, you know, the Verizon and Microsoft history has some very bad uh, things, if you look back, like the Kin, the Kin deal. Remember Microsoft yeah. Kin? Oh, God. That kind of poisoned the well at Verizon, and they've never really recovered from that since. Yeah. But <laughs> why, you know? That was the Microsoft Bob of their phone. It kind of was. <laughs> why did they even release it? Uh, no one knows the answer to that. <laughs> And I say, let's walk back into the CEO conversation because when I look at Kin and I look at Courier, I think Bomber dropped the ball. That there was no senior management overseeing everything going, this is, you know, the Kin team was totally isolated from the phone team. It wasn't until Kin launched that the phone team was even really aware they were doing their thing. And that talks speaks to a breakdown at the most senior management levels. And you know what the crazy part of that is? And you're so right about that. But the crazy part is there were so many leaks on Kin before it came out. There's no yeah. way Microsoft phone team had, was not reading those leaks and saying, hey, what are they doing over here? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it unbelievable. Went and uh, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people blame Verizon for the failure of the Kin because they say if they had just allowed that phone to come out at a cheaper plan because it was kind of aimed at kids. Totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they said it could have succeeded. I don't know if that's true. the The problem was it wasn't running the same operating system as the Windows phones were, and that was the big problem. It was like, why do we have another operating system, right? Yes, well, because you bought a team. You bought a team, and it didn't and, work out so well. They were doing their own thing. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think that that time has passed. But back when Kin was a new and innovative idea, which was what, 20, 2009, 2010, mm -hmm. the idea of a good Facebook phone was a very good idea. Yep. You know, I don't think kids care about Facebook as much now as they did back then. Nobody ever did it. I don't know why anyone would ever base hardware around an app, though. Well, because that was the focus, that that, that generation of people were totally fixated on Facebook and it was very hard to get Facebook onto a phone back then. It's not that hard now, but back then, and you know, it was an opportunity. And it, and I think Kin had it. They just didn't make the right deal, and they didn't do it, and they didn't stick at it. Yeah, I, I still think it's a bad idea. It was a bad idea because you know your your hardware that can be uproot by nature, uprooted by better software. So if somebody comes out with better software, you, oh, you're obsolete. Yeah. You know, you know what the new thing is really is people trying to figure out what's the right service to build a phone around, right? Right. <laughs> like, have you guys seen that there's, there's a new rumor out about Amazon offering, um, a smartphone that'll be free, but they think the catch will be you have to subscribe to Amazon Prime to get it, hmm. which would be interesting, right? <laughs> well, and it's, and it totally makes sense from an Amazon perspective. Sure. They're, all, they're all about getting Prime subscriptions. Right. Hey, now Microsoft can do the same with Nokia phones, right? Hey, if you get a, you know, a, a, a what is it, an MSN subscription, <laughs> Skype, yeah, you know, Skype subscription Skype or whatever, you know, you can they can charge you for, then uh, we'll give you a free Nokia phone or Xbox, Xbox Live. You know what? If Microsoft really had nerve, if there was senior technical leadership that had gigantic cojones. Make a Skype phone. Make a mobile Skype phone that ditches the carriers, works on Wi-Fi, yep. and one and some other newer Wi-Fi, long-range Wi-Fi technology, and start putting your own nodes in. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. That would be awesome, actually. Well, it's you know, like it's time to tell the carriers, you are just a commodity. Give me your lowest price per byte and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm angry not or anything. That you're angry? No, not at all. Can we talk about? the whole CEO thing. You think Elop's going to be CEO? So he is definitely one of the top candidates, obviously. I agree. Now, As right? is Scott Hanselman. 
No, sorry. Scott Hanselman <laughs> would be kind of interesting, but he is not one of the top candidates. I had a, I had a talk with him uh, because he was nominated at some website. <laughs> And uh, he's like, yeah, what's up with that? I don't want to be CEO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so far off of my radar. I can't even tell you. It's funny to see who the people who are developers and kind of people who are in the know are nominating, like Scott Goo and yeah, Scott Hanson. Yeah. And then who the Wall Street people want is a whole different set of people, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, well, they want a pro CEO. I had a conversation with some finance guys a while ago, and we were talking about Bomber, and I said, hey, I got nothing bad to say about Bomber per se, but could you see him being CEO of any other company? I don't know. Because, because he never has been. Back to his old roots, Procter & Gamble, maybe? <laughs> yeah, but he, he was a CEO there. <laughs> no, he was not. He was a sales guy there for a yeah. brief moment. <laughs> yeah, so Elop's definitely a leading candidate for sure. Uh, but he's not the only candidate. And it's been interesting to watch a lot of people say, he's it now. That's it. It's done. It's over. I don't think it's over. I think they're still vetting other candidates. And um, the other ones who are the inside candidates whose names keep coming up are um, Satya Nadella, you know, who runs the cloud and enterprise software business at mm -hmm. Microsoft. Yeah. And, the, and a guy I really appreciate, too. <laughs> you know, like of, in the big reorg, he's the guy who got left alone. Yep, he did. And he seemed to be the only guy immune to Sanofsky, too. Yeah, he. it's like, here, we're just going to give you your whole division here, and we're not going to touch it because you're already running that really well, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the other one whose name comes up, which is a very interesting thought, is Tony Bates, who was the CEO of Skype and then became a president at Microsoft when they bought Skype. And now he's heading up um, evangelism and also some merger and acquisition stuff at Microsoft after the reorg. So his name keeps coming up too. Yeah. And I'm also pretty impressed with that guy too. You know, like just Skype's an amazing product and he took it a long, long way. Like he gets it. And you think about, I mean, can we all agree that we do not want old guard folks as CEO? <sighs> we don't. Uh, I think it's a toss up though. Because, you know, because Microsoft is such a crazy company, right? It's they are in so many businesses. How do you find somebody who actually could run everything from Xbox to uh, like HD Insight on Azure? Hadoop, right. Right. <laughs> How do you find somebody who knows all of that? Mm. Well, and I think this is where Bomber made his mistake is you can't run the company like Bill Gates. Yeah. You know, Gates could keep all that stuff in his head, but he's the only one. Yep. So, you know, when you take over from a guy like that, you've got to sit down and say, how am I going to organize this so that I can deal with it? It's You're going to need proxies. I, I think Richard could do it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think he could do it. Richard Campbell for CEO of Microsoft. Are you Save with me? me. Yeah. I'd take chief architect. How's that? Because <laughs> he could actually hold all that stuff in his head. He could. Instead of Cokes in the fridge at Microsoft, there'd be like little bourbon... Same. No, they'd be scotch and tea. <laughs> Earl Grey every day at four. That's Earl Grey and bourbon after five. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all crazy. The other thing that it is, the other piece of this is really interesting on top of everything else was why now? Why did Bomber step now? Yeah. So um, I don't know if you guys saw, but I finally got to interview Steve Bomber recently yeah. after. Um, it's been 20 years since Microsoft allowed me to interview him, believe it or not. <laughs> mm. uh, and I kept asking and asking and asking. Finally, I got him. And I asked him a question that his answer was very telling to. Uh, I said, okay, how, when did you actually decide that you were going to retire? And he said, about two days ago. And then I said, so did Bill ask you to go or did he ask you to stay? And he kind of stumbled on the answer um, and just said he respected my decision. So there's been a ton of speculation that he was kind of pushed. Huh. Well, and and in that time frame, it, there was the whole move by Value Act right. Capital. Mm -hmm. So Value Act is um, an investment firm in California oh, yeah. that's kind of an activist firm, and and they uh, agitated they and kind of uh, bought up a bunch of Microsoft stock. They still only have 0.8 percent of the total outstanding shares, but they were hinting like we're going to maybe launch a proxy battle if you guys don't let us get on the board. Right. So yeah, there are a lot of factors in play there, I think. And who's the who's the board member they want? Is it Mason Morfit? Mason Morfit, who's the uh, head uh, president, I think, of Value Act 
Uh, he's going to probably be the one who sits on the Microsoft board if if they decide to take a seat, which they're going to, obviously, right? <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? You know, the question is, for folks who've never been in a boardroom, like, why is that a big deal? Why would Bomber quit his job over it? Well, uh, so here's the interesting scuttlebutt about Value Act. So they've never actually said what they want. Like, some people have said they wanted Bomber to be out. Some people have said... They actually want Microsoft out of the devices business, and they only want them to be an enterprise company. And uh, Microsoft doesn't want to be that. They want to be the whole thing. They want to do consumer and enterprise. Right. And one would argue, you know, that's not what they're actually good at. Uh, yeah, I, I actually asked Balmer that, too, when I had him. I said, uh, why don't you, quote, unquote, just be IBM? You guys are killing in the enterprise. You're not doing so well in devices and consumer, except for Xbox. You're doing pretty well. And uh, he just said, we believe you can't be in one without the other, that devices fuel services and services fuel devices. And if we are only in one, it's not going to work. I don't know if I buy that, but that's what they're saying. That's their pitch. And so, I mean, in the end, the the model here is shareholder, maximizing shareholder value. And so here's a major shareholder. I mean, yeah, okay, less than 1% of the company. It's still billions yeah, of dollars. Yeah, they're still huge. They're still in the top. X number of shareholders, even with that percent. So they really care about maximizing shareholder value there. They do. And having, you know, I think so the reality of this is Microsoft has not been paying attention to the enterprise the past few years. Yep, that's that's the argument, and that they they feel that Microsoft should really be doubling down on cloud, on even on enterprise software. Like they're really bullish on things like Link and Exchange and SharePoint. They they think this is where Microsoft should be focusing. You know, let me tie this back to phones for you. You'll love this. <laughs> now you make a link phone, L-Y-N-C. Yep. And, you know, over on Run As Radio, I'm re- routinely having this conversation about bring your own device to work, that sort of thing, the IT side of it, and say, and, and talking to folks who are saying, you know what, we're still happier issuing, having our users have two phones. Because it's so hard to get every, to get both corporate stuff and personal stuff in one phone. You know, have your personal phone, your iPhone or your Win phone or whatever you want. But here's the phone we're issuing you. It used to be BlackBerry. Now, largely, it's Android because they actually have some very good security models. And the Win phone's still not there. But what if Microsoft said, here's your business phone? It's a link phone. Yeah. And, you know, stripped it, stripped it down, made it simple, ultra reliable, long battery life, totally secured and controllable. And it's a phone. You know, Richard, you have something there. I was, I've been thinking about this for the last 20 minutes since you said, you know, the Skype phone and, you know, the challenge of, of uh, being around in the, in the wild where there's no Wi Fi. But, you know, lots of people don't uh, travel by themselves. They walk, they are with their friends or with their spouses, and somebody's usually got a phone that they can tether to. Yep. So, you know, if you're, if you're with your wife, you're tethering to her. And uh, if you're at work, you're at Wi-Fi. And if you're at the coffee shop, you're on Wi-Fi. And if you're home, you're on Wi-Fi. So it's really just those times that you're out by yourself that you're disconnected. Well, and the other piece about this, which, you know, now we're getting very technical geeky, Mm. is white space networking. Right. So back a few years ago when the FCC got rid of old-style television and went pure HD over the air, they actually assigned a bunch of those lower frequencies to public use. That's right. And so there's this concept of super Wi-Fi, although it's a bad name because it's got nothing to do with Wi-Fi. It's a totally different antenna, totally different radio, but it would be, because it's lower frequency, it goes through walls really, really well. This is where broadcast television used to be, right? Where it used to be. Yeah. So now you could actually, you know, the idea would be you put one tower into San Francisco, you're covering all of San Francisco. Yeah. So back to, because they're Microsoft and they have the skies and scope to do this, you make a link phone or a Skype phone, you put Wi-Fi in it only, it's basically free, you pay for the Skype or link service as necessary, and then they put this other antenna and radio in it that uses this new service and just start covering the major cities one at a time. I think it's brilliant. Mm. Interesting. And if you came at it from an enterprise perspective, maybe the carriers wouldn't try and block you before you got too far down the path. Mm-hmm. Well, they obviously have something to hold on to or they wouldn't have bought it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They've got something going on. The weird thing, though, is um, I think it was last year, Microsoft made Link a subsidiary of Skype, basically. They put the Link team under the Skype team. Right. 
Well, and they, and they do need to get all this together. I appreciate that they, they rolled MSN Messenger into into Skype. They it all should be one product, but then it suddenly you look at Microsoft and go, heck, they own a big important chunk of telephony. Yeah, they do. And they could disrupt it. I just wonder if it'd be better disrupted from the enterprise angle than the uh, than the consumer angle. Like less threatening, right, to the carriers. Right, and and get it established in a way that the the that the consumer ends up wanting it. Well, they certainly have. That's their thing. They come from the top down. You know, they they don't do that. You know, if you come from the bottom up, you got to lose a lot of money, right? Because you got to yeah. compete with free. Yep. You know. Yep. Although I do think the Nokia five twenty is going to make a huge difference for him. Anyway, I mean, yeah. I'm, I appreciate the bomber needed to go. He was planning on going. He's going sooner than planned, and this is suddenly being a big shuffle. I don't have a problem with them having an activist board member. That board could use some shaking up. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> so it's it definitely exciting times. It'll be interesting to see what happens next. Yeah, it is going to be like the next few months are going to be insane um, covering Microsoft and watching them because they're, you know, here here's what's coming up, right? So we know October 18th is the Windows 8.1 launch. Yep. Um, we don't know if where that's going to be or how big a deal that's going to be, but there's so many hardware vendors um, who this week at IFA in Berlin, they were showing off all this new hardware, like some eight inch tablets, um, all kinds of crazy contortionist uh, hybrid tablet PCs. I think we're going to see all those right around then. Um, we're probably going to see the new surfaces, the, um, the surface two and the surface two pro. Mm. So an arm one and a, a Haswell based one mm. right around that time. And then the Xbox launch, November 22nd. So it's going to just be like boom, boom, boom for Microsoft. All while we're on this stupid road trip, Richard. Are you yep. guys doing your van thing again? Well, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, some of it. You know, we, the road trip will start in, in November. Yeah. 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 Right so. about the time we're starting it, uh, some new stuff will come out and, you know, we'll yeah. have to make up our, our content on the fly. It'll be lots <laughs> of interesting conversations, but it makes for fun shows. This is going to be the video road trip, right? We're going to be. I think so. We're going to be videotaping a lot. Oh, cool. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah, nice. I think it will be good. It'll be it'll be fun. We'll do the blog tour, and uh, I'll sure I'll drag you into it somewhere, Mary Jo. It's inevitable. <laughs> be prepared. Yeah, if you guys come east, let me know or wherever. I'm I'm always game for a road trip. Well, we will definitely let you know if we come east. Good. Keep keep me in the loop. I want to hear about it. Okay. And I think I'm going to have to ask you to make a prediction. Who's going to be the CEO of Microsoft? Um, I would say it's either going to be Stephen Elop or Tony Bates. I like both those candidates too. You're going to pick one? I think if Microsoft is in a bold mood, they'll go Tony Bates. Uh, just because he is seen as more of a consumer guy. He came from the way outside Skype. Yep. Uh, he's seen as kind of young and running a new service, all that. But on Elop's side, he's actually worked before at Microsoft, has yes. a sense of the enterprise, and he's been running a very big um, mobile device vendor. So I can see arguments for both. Uh, the the outside favorite who people keep calling for, but I don't think is, is realistic at all, is Alan Mahali. Mahali? The, the CEO Ford of Ford. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, who has tendered his notice with Ford. Yeah, he's he's done it Ford in twenty four at the end of twenty fourteen, which would be a little late for Microsoft to, right. to decide on that. But uh, he is friends with Balmer, you know, because Balmer also came from the Motortown background. And uh, I don't know, I, he's sixty eight or sixty nine years old, um, so he might be too old to do this job it, because they're looking for somebody who can last ten years and at least in the new role. Sure. And doesn't Bill Gates call the ball on this? Really, he is the chairman. Yeah, he does. He he owns the majority shares between Gates and Balmer combined. They own nine percent of all outstanding shares of Microsoft, and that is by far and away the largest segment. So I think it'll be Elop then. Yeah, I think it might be. I I like. I'm not a hater of Elop, even though I sound reticent. I I just think he might be too much of the same. I think they yeah. need somebody to shake Microsoft up. Yeah, and I don't know that he will, but I'm I'm with you. I just think that Gates is pretty conservative, Bomber's pretty conservative. I think it's reasonable to say that Microsoft, because of its insular nature, needs an insider, and yeah. he's sort of an insider outsider. It's he the is. only guy who sort of covers all bases. Yeah, but yeah, not an adventurous choice. No, it wouldn't be an adventurous choice. Um, and and then if Elop does become the CEO, then Julie Larson Green will go back to being the person who's going to run devices. So right. she'll be the main one running 
um, the Xbox, the Surface, and the, all these new Lumia devices and phones and tablets. That'll be her her area. For sure. Carl, who do you think it's going to be? Chris Sells, without a doubt. <laughs> no question. I, I go with that. I don't know. You guys are crazy. <laughs> I I, it's so, so obvious. Obviously, obvious. duh. What's the matter with you people? This guy knows all about garbage collection. He should be CEO. <laughs> he knows how to take out the trash. Uh, again, nothing bad to say about Chris Sells. He's a wonderful man and a, and a great leader of developers, too. I don't think he'd take the job any more than Hanselman would. No. What a thankless job, right? You're coming into a time when Microsoft is like trying to kind of reinvent itself and stop the erosion of the PC market, um, combat Google and Android. Who wants that job? I don't I know. That to me, that's where it's fun. Yeah, you. Yeah, think? I think that it, it, it's a, somebody who has a vision that wants to do something great. You know, for a long time, you talk about the external hires that Microsoft made. It was it, the big guns. They always same thing. Did you want to change the world? Because we changed the world around here. I kind of sort of think that this is the. Th- time when you know when people are saying you know microsoft's gartner saying microsoft could be done by 2017 or whatever they said this is the time when you just wait you know i'm wringing my hands and saying something's going on here that you know this is when change happens that nobody saw coming and that's what i think is going to happen some things are going to happen that we none of us will have seen big i agree big big stuff but I'm not. I am not going to try to guess who's going to be CEO. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I just think that big things are 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 happening, and and I have no idea what they are. But they'll probably keep us talking well into our old age. <laughs> yes, it's going to be it's going to be a great time to do a show called the Tablet Show. To be honest, because there's going to be so many tablets from Microsoft third parties coming out in the next few months. It's yeah. going to be kind of insane. Will be. And then we'll be called the Embedded Chip Show. (laughs) (laughs) That's a catchy one. Wow. There you go. I want to be on that show. (laughs) Embeddedchipshow.com. I just just registered that. (laughs) All right, Mary Jo. What's next for you? What are you up to? Uh, What am I up to? Um, I'm almost done with all my uh, show commitments for this year, which is good. Um, going to be busy doing a lot of reporting, doing some beer brewing at home still. Nice. Yep. It's that time when you can start brewing beer again because it's starting to finally cool down a little in New York. <laughs> awesome. 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 Well, we wish you a lot of luck with that. Yeah, and, thanks. Uh, you'll have to invite me down anyway. Richard, be a little... Although, Richard, you're in New York from time to time. Maybe we'll have to go down and sample some beer. I think so. Very good. And we'll bring some scotch, which you know is just beer that's grown up. That's right. (laughs) Beer as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mary Jo, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right. We'll see you next time on The Tablet Show. It's not too much, but it means a lot. Just try and it will give. You're not the only one.